time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm seafood market reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the winter 2022 issue of Erna Barry's Reporter Magazine. The new issue is filled with can't-miss content regarding rising prices, adding more pressure to the markets. Keep an eye out for stories on how U.S. shrimp imports are in position to set another record and how crab quotas are slashed heading into 2022. Visit earnerberry.com slash reporter to read a digital copy or to sign up to receive your free issue in the mail. In our top story, the United States Trade Representative announced on February 4th that the United States and the European Union have agreed to resume trade in bivalve molluscan shellfish. The deal means that for the first time since 2011, U.S. producers, starting in Massachusetts and Washington, will be eligible to export live, raw, and processed bivalve molluscan shellfish to the EU, including oysters, clams, mussels, and whole or roe on scallops. EU producers in Spain and the Netherlands will be eligible to export the same products to the U.S. Ambassador Catherine Tai said that the announcement represents a positive step in the trade relationship between the United States and the EU. The USTR noted that the U.S. was one of the largest seafood exporters in 2020, with global sales valued at $4.5 billion. 2021 exports of seafood to the EU are expected to exceed $900 million. National Fisheries Institute President John Connolly called the agreement a welcome development as it creates new markets for U.S. exporters of shellfish. Connolly said in a statement, we applaud Ambassador Tai and her USTR team for their hard work during this long and laborious process. We urge USTR to ensure that the EU continues to follow through on its commitment to further open EU markets to all other processed molluscan uh, shellfish products, such as clams from the U.S. The economic opportunity presented by today's agreements should be fully realized for American seafood workers throughout the entire U.S. supply chain. In other news, Maruja Natura announced last week that its consolidated uh, subsidiaries, Maruja Capital Investment and Westward Seafoods, have decided to acquire assets for Alaska Pollock operations from Icicle Seafoods and their group companies. According to the notice posted in the Tokyo Stock Exchange, Westward Seafoods acquired a processing facility from Icicle and a fishing vessel owner company, newly established by Maruja Capital Investment and a local partner, have acquired nine fishing vessels with Alaska Pollock quota from Icicle. The investment is in partnership with Norton Sound Economic Development Corporation and Coastal Villages Region Fund. The partnership includes shared ownership of 4% of the Bering Sea Pollock quota, which brings the total inshore Pollock quota owned jointly by the three companies to just over 8% of the overall non-community development quota uh, in the Bering Sea. The two CDQ companies own 75% of the combined operations, as well as the managers of the vessels and fishing activity. Maruha Nichiro states that the reasoning behind the acquisition is because of the American Fisheries Act, which allows fishing vessels to hold quotas. The act means that companies like Westward Seafoods that have inshore processing plants are required to land from fishing vessels with inshore uh, quota. Now, with the acquisition, Maruha Nichiro Group's share of access to inshore Alaska pollock quota will increase from 31% to 41%. 
However, foreign investment restrictions of the American Fisheries Act means that Maruha Capital Investment is not allowed to own or control more than 25% interest in a U.S. fishing vessel owning company. That's why the company established a new fishing vessel owner company with a local partner owning 75% stake. As part of this agreement, the new company will be able to acquire the fishing vessels with quota and then land them at the Maruha Capital Investment Group's plants. Very cool. Last week, the National Restaurant Association released their annual State of the Industry report, um, forecasting that food service sales will be on the rise this year. In 2020, NRA released their annual report, forecasting that industry sales will reach a record $899 billion. Well, as everyone knows, things didn't exactly turn out as planned. So uh, just a few weeks after the report came out in the U.S., um, you know, everyone went into lockdowns to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Um, and that resulted in massive blows to the restaurant industry. So industry sales in 2020 ended up coming in at $678 billion, which is $221 billion below the predicted sales number and $186 billion below 2019 sales. Now, in 2021, NRA projected that the sales would reach $731 billion and later adjusted that figure to $789 billion in their mid-year report. Total food and beverage sales in 2021 ended up hitting $799 billion, an impressive number, but still not as high as uh, pre-pandemic levels. Well, NRA is forecasting that food service sales in 2022 will reach, drumroll please, $898 billion. With that said, there is a catch. NRA reports that while nominal sales are projected to surpass pre-pandemic levels this coming year, that's not on an inflation-adjusted basis. So the organization says real sales in 2022 are projected to remain below 2019 levels in all major segments. Across the board, costs are up, but so is demand. So while $898 billion sounds good, the truth is that many restaurant operators are still struggling. NRA surveyed over 3,000 operators in November of 2021, and according to their findings, fewer than one in five said business conditions are close to normal. When breaking it down further, 17% of operators said that they believe it will be another seven to 12 months before conditions return to normal, and a whopping 40% said that they believe it will take more than a year for conditions to return to normal, and another 17% said that they don't think operating conditions will ever return to normal. Restaurant operators across the board, from family dining and fine dining to fast casual and coffee and snack, believe that recruiting and retaining employees will be a top challenge in 2022. But rising food costs are also a big concern. And with costs up, profits are down. Eight in 10 operators told NRA that their profit margin is lower than it was prior to COVID-19 outbreak. You know, it is, it's really interesting, like, seeing this report from, from NRA. I know my husband works in the food service industry, and mm-hmm. he is constantly saying, and and we see it, too, when, when we occasionally go out, I mean, there's just not, they, they can't find staff, and they can't maintain staff. Um, you know, there there's open tables, but there's just not, there's not enough, like, wait staff to, to seat everyone, you know? Right. So the people that are that are saying it'll be, you know, more than a year, well, at first it seems pessimistic. It's like, well, no, maybe that is the reality because you have the labor shortages, the rising cost of food, you know, still dealing with COVID spikes. So it's you're there's still so many factors coming into play here. 
exactly. And I know we're we're fortunate that we're in one of the areas where there's not mandates on wearing a mask or having a vaccine. But I mean, I'd like to see numbers on how that's impacting like areas like Boston. Um, I know they're right. one of the cities that is requiring. Uh, I don't think it's fully in effect yet, uh, but I know they're they're implementing their be uh, you know be safe, be positive, or um, you know. Uh, I forgot what the hell it was called, but, um, but what they're trying to do is to, to make sure that, you know, that people are vaccinated and they're enforcing that at these restaurants. And, you know, some people aren't, you know, maybe it'll encourage some people, you know, if they really like dining out, maybe it'll encourage them to get the shot if they haven't already. Um, but I, I, I would love to see numbers from that and see how that's, you know, how that's changing. Right. And in a few weeks, we will report back on, you know, the environment there in Boston because we will be there for Seafood Expo North America. can't believe it's coming up. Mm hmm. Well, uh, let's stay on the topic of restaurants here. The pokey market is blown up. Lauren, are you really into pokey? I am. I still am. I, uh, you know, give the people what they want. Research reports, World released a new report predicting that the global pokey foods market will rise at a considerable rate between 2021 and 2023. And pokey franchisees are already planning on capitalizing on the rising popularity by expanding. Now, you would think that this story would be from a few years ago when it first kind of blew up. But I guess we're going to see a... Another uh, another expansion here. So, Pokimoto, which is a division of Muscle Makers Incorporated, revealed earlier this week that they are expanding into Florida with three new franchise uh, agreements. The new franchise agreements, which are in Southwest Florida, bring the new total of new franchise and development agreements signed since November twenty uh, November of twenty twenty one to thirty. And another Pokey franchise, Pokey Works, is also working on expanding their reach. The restaurant announced that they're now partnering partnering with DoorDash on virtual kitchen growth. And so the partnership means that Pokey Works will now have a new delivery forward location in Redwood City, California, DoorDash kitchen locations. Now, finally, let's wrap things up with what's going on in the Pegasus market. Lauren? I know that. I feel like this is on the, the longer end, but it's a... All good information. Um, but back in 2018, when Pangasius originally hit record pricing well above any level the industry was accustomed to, no one would have believed that the market would be in for another anomaly, peaking even higher than what was reported four years ago. So in 2018, premiums within the market were a result of government regulations switching from the FDA to the FSIS within the USDA, and hefty administrative fees, along with new and in-depth inspection processes, all resulted in lengthy delays and soaring replacement costs overseas, all while demand for the solar reform uh, remained active. So four years and a pandemic later, and the market has found itself reaching new record highs. Uh, Pangasius production continues to work on back orders with reduced capacity due to labor shortages. Additionally, increased freight and logistical issues have resulted in elevated replacement costs overseas leading into the Lenten season. By exception, larger size fillets can be seen at a slight discount within the market. So throughout 2021, when strict regulations were put in place in the production 
producing country. Shutdowns in Vietnam allowed for fish to stay in the water in the water longer, growing larger than intended, and ultimately putting more nine to eleven size fillets into the marketplace. So year to date, import figures running through November are trending well above previous year totals, even outpacing tilapia frozen fillets from China, reversing the trends uh, that tilapia largely outweighs Pangasius imports in the United States typically. So looking ahead, the Lenten season is accompanied with heightened demand within the seafood industry. However, another round of high prices lays the groundwork for sales to temper for this value fin fish, especially as competing whitefish, including tilapia, Chinese catfish, and pollock also boast similar premiums and supply constraints. I am always just impressed with how much you know. <laughs> not that not that I guess I should be surprised, Lauren, but you should not. <laughs> it's just always great to hear from you. So all your market stuff is always important. And uh, if you have a Comtel subscription, you can find all of Lauren's analysis pieces on Comtel. So make sure you check that out. But um, that does it for us. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you back here next week. Bye bye.